Happy Tuesday. Guess who's back? Back in town. Back again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> my name is Alan. And I'm a very happy Nick. And we are entering. It's only been a week. Yeah, well, two weeks for me. Yeah, I guess. And welcome into, into the, the dungeon. dungeon. This week we find ourselves back with Shrew Shrubberies. And for your convenience, we're going to play a little short clip here, where previously on Into the Dungeon. The idea is that I'm going to cast a firewall between us and the ghouls. Hopefully that will be enough that if they try to walk towards us, they will die. Then I will cast an area of effect spell and try and kill all the Sturges in one fell swoop. After that, we make a run for it, and climb up the chimney. You guys go first, I'll take the rear. That is the plan. As you know, plans seldom go as expected, so be prepared to use your initiative. I have given you what I can in order to keep you safe, but perhaps I can give you something else. I take my leather arm off and hand it over to Dazzling. This will make you a bit sturdier, in case any of these creatures attack you. But don't worry, they won't. They won't. I'm confident that this will go on without a hitch. Are you all ready? As ready as I think we're gonna be. See you at the top, then. As I remember hearing scuffling coming towards the door when I closed, I want to put my ear to the door and see if I hear anything close to us. You just hear the grunts and groans of ghouls in the room next door. Can I feel if it's close, very, very close to me, as in the opposite side of the door, they've kind of moved back into the room. They seem to be back in the positions they were when you first came in. From the distance of the growls, right? Yeah. Okay, so I want to open that door, and as soon as I see a glimpse of the room, I want to cast firewall across the whole of the room, and I want to place a firewall just in front of the ghouls that are closest to me. I don't want to actually put the wall on them. Obviously, the part of the wall that uh, emits the heat is the one facing them, and not us. That is of the utmost importance. So while this is going on, in the room with the ghouls and in the secret room, with Dazlin, Norbus, and Shrew, I'm going to ask you to give me a stealth roll for Shrew Shrubberies, who are making their way outside, as you ask them to do. This is going to be blind as well. Never split the party. Never split the party. Alright, so you manage to open that door. You cast your firewall. That means that you've dropped your invisibility from the potion. Yeah, my wall of fire. I'm gonna ask you to roll for initiative. We'll also need initiative for true shrubberies. So I can determine whereabout they are as all this is happening. That's 20 for Murkub. 12 for Fena. 10 for Shrew, 17 for Fabian, 1 for Norbrus, 
and four for dazzling. Oh dear. Not perhaps the hastiest of escapes as you were planning for? No, unfortunately not. Right, I'm going to roll for the ghouls. As you cast this wall of fire, the ghouls immediately turn their attention to this sudden burst of flames that's erupted in the room. And echoing throughout the halls, you hear this animalistic shriek and a clang of steel on stone and shouts, which you recognize as that of your party. What? Don't tell me they have been discovered. And that's what we're picking up this week. The top of the initiative round is Murgob, who you do not know where he is. Oh, wow. But give me a give me a nature check. With advantage, I'd say. Twelve. You recognize that howl as Caspus would appear that somebody perhaps has trodden on him and then they've all fallen and rolling down the stairs. Okay, so for now they haven't been discovered. Okay. That at least makes me feel a bit better. Well, from that raucous... Yes, it's inevitable, I think but even the dead are aware. Yeah, but hopefully they can make it out before they, they are attacked. So then there's a turn of something that you can't see. Would it by any chance be a ghost? Possibly. If I can't see it. Coming from your stone of sending, you hear Fabian's voice breaking and quivering a bit. Oh, jeez. True. Banshee. And then you don't hear anything else. Oh, damn it. It's now back to the room with the four ghouls. They seem rather perplexed by this. Flames just appeared. But they've also heard this almighty clang coming from down the corridor. It seems rather confused and just backs away from the flames at this moment in time. Opens the door and peers down the corridor. One of the other ghouls pops outside, starts glaring down towards the end of this corridor, rather perplexed at what's happening. So now it's a shrew. Okay, shrew wants to walk up to the fireplace, look up at the sturges, and I want to cast a tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you're casting this <laughs> right up the chimney then? Yes, well, I want to try and engulf those sturges try and kill them all at once shouldn't be too much of a hassle he says before rolling saves for all the sturges how many were there three right four four was this dex or constitution it's dexterity here we go sturge number one total of 16 sturge number two Ooh, i was joking before but so far i think it's two out of two total of 21 Sturgy number three. That's <laughs> 20. Sturgy number four. Would it be a clean sweep? No. That's a natural two. Yeah, only one does not save. All right, that's 48 bludgeoning damage, and the one that did not save also gets knocked prone. If a flying creature can get knocked prone. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's a one. Another one, a two, and a six. Oh dear, the way this has started. Could it be the end of shoe shrubberies? So that's ten total halved to five. And I'm sure our listeners won't find this as a surprise, but I thought I'd let the tension build up for you. As you cast this thunderous wave, which surges through the chimney, you hear the spluttering of these winged creatures. The water comes down very momentarily, almost putting out the flames of your firewall which recompose himself 
and start burning fervously again. All four of these creatures collapse in front of your feet. Oh yeah! <laughs> they only have two HP. <laughs> <laughs> I was overkill, but but I just barely managed to kill them though. What true doing then? Using any bonuses? Be moving. I'm staying there, just in front of the wall of fire, and I'm waiting for Nobles and Dazzling to move and start making their way up the chimney before I leave. Alright, it's over to one of the ghouls. It's the one that's directly in front of the wall of fire. He saw that the flames momentarily dispersed. He caught a glimpse of what lays beyond. Not the sharpest tool in the shed, but gonna try and go through the flames. So I'm gonna need to roll 5d8 fire damage on this ghoul. Let's hope for a better roll this time. That's a total of 25 damage. Oh, he's gone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's all going swimmingly. Nice pun there on the tidal wave. Yep, you got it. So now it's over to Dazzlin. He's going to start climbing up the chimney and try to get to the exit. So Dazzlin's going to use his full 25 feet of movement. He can just about smell the sweet air of freedom somewhere above him. Come on. It's now over to Norbus. Norbus... For now, he's going to stay off the potion, the one of invulnerability that I gave him. He's not going to use it yet. And he wants to dash up the chimney, try and catch up to to Dazzling, maybe even pass him. Probably not enough room in this chimney for him to pass him. <laughs> Two stout dwarves. Fair enough. Then he's going to stop behind him. Because Norbus hasn't got a potion of climbing, I'm going to ask you to give me a, an athletics check for him. Okay. That's a 14. All right, I'll say he manages to squirm his way up the chimney. And he's just behind Dazzlin. Well done. It's now to Murkub, the room below you. You're hearing a raucous there. Does Murkub see the Banshee? You're about to find out. So for our listeners, this is happening in the throne room below where Shrew, Dazzlin and Norbus have been. You'll recall that that's the room where they fought the Giyomas for other. All right, Murkub is going to hold his turn with a dash action and if all his allies with him can get away before the banshee closes a gap between them then he will dash all right incidentally it is the turn of the banshee damn it a chilling presence manifests with an eerie elegance the banshee stands there an ethereal figure an embodiment of woe and torment her translucent form seems to be draped in tattered age-old garments that once bore the mark of her reverend heritage, but now reduced to rags by the relentless passage of time. Her visage is a haunting blend of beauty and sorrow. Her spectral ashen hair tumbles around her like a cascade of grey mist, framing a face both captivating and unsettling. Her eyes, once vibrant, now just hollow pools of anguish, reflecting the endless torments, ensnares her in undeath, and with a voice that could stir the darkest recesses of the soul, the banshee releases a mournful lament that echoes through the halls like a dirge for the damned. The symphony of anguish. Each note resonates with the pain of centuries gone by as your companions feel shivers down their spines. Her spectral form sways gracefully as she floats above the ground. Her movements hauntingly balletic. The long bony fingers reach out. Their translucent tips adorned with tarnished silver rings that clink spectrally with each ethereal gesture. Surely that's a turnover now. <laughs> She's been wailing and moaning just... You know, she spends her action doing all that. That she does. Really? <laughs> but, 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 I need you to give me constitution saves for Murgub, Ooh. Favian, Ooh. 
Fenna and Caspus. Murkub, total of nine. Okay. Caspus, total of five. Fenna, total of eight. And Fabian, total of four. <laughs> You're fucking joking. Oh. You're fucking joking. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. It's what I rolled. A six, a three, and then another six, and an eight. <laughs> It is what it is. Okay, so as the Banshee releases that mournful wail, all four of your companions drop to zero hit points. <laughs> what the fuck is that attack? That's and overkill. Lay, and lay unconscious on the floor. Shit. Yeah, that's overkill. Obviously, Shu doesn't know any of this is going on. No, he's just heard this massive wail and then silence coming from beneath him. It's over to Fabian. Gonna need to give me. A blind death saving rule. <laughs> oh shit. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah it's just it just don't don't on me that that I need to make saving throws. I forgot about that. Mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they would stay there dead until I come and rescue them. Yeah, KO, yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. It's We almost made it. <laughs> we almost made it to the dragon. Obviously, you don't know what the result of that is. The action now goes back upstairs to the ghouls there. The one that was by the door exits the room and starts shuffling down the corridor. It's now over to Caspers and Fenner. You know what I'm going to ask you for. Death saves. Blind again. It's over to the other two ghouls and the room with Shrew. They're going to follow suit and follow this ghoul that's already left the room. It's over to Shrew. Shrew is going to follow the dwarves up the chimney. So as far up as you can, yeah? Yeah, yeah, until I get up to the tushies. Give me an athletic check. Total of 14. All right, so sure enough, after a moment, you've got Norbus's buttocks right in front of your face. It's now to Dazzling. Dazzling is going to dash up and try to get to safety as quickly as possible. His movement is enough to take him to the top, but as he reaches the top of the chimney is quite a tight squeeze. Going to need an acrobatics check for him. That's a two. Well, as much as he's trying to shove his way through in this panic, he can't, he can't squeeze through. He's stuck. Oopsie. And he's blocking the path for <laughs> Norbus and Shrew behind him. Oh my. Kind of like Winnie the Pooh when he's stuck in the, in the tree looking for honey. Yeah, but with greater consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that your dice are conspiring to kill you today. They have been all... All campaign, to be fair. Yeah, but this has been spectacular. In the worst sense of the of the word. So it's Norbus. Okay, so Norbus seeing Dazzling stuck is going to climb up to him, using his dash as well to get as far as he can, and he's going to try and push Dazzling out of the chimney. All right, I'm going to ask you to give me a, an athletics check. I'm going to ask you to do it with disadvantage, because he hasn't really got much room to maneuver here. He's sort of just trying to push his back into it. All right. Oh, bad, 11. I hate what you're doing, Norbus! It's not quite enough. Damn it. It's over to Murkub. You know what I'm going to ask you? Here we go. That's some crazy whale that bitch has. Yeah, just be glad that you and your f- your dwarven friends weren't there as well. It's now it's a Fabian. Death saving time. Here we go. 
What the fuck? Fabian opens his eyes in confusion. He looks around and sees his companions downed. That was a nat 20. Oh, really? <laughs> so one hit point. He's back with one Shit. hit point. Is, is a ghoul still there? The banshee is not there. Sorry, the banshee. Oh, she left. Just better hope she's not coming up that fucking chimney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a blessing. He's going to run up to Fena. He's going to crouch down beside her and rummage through her bags. He's going to pull out the potion of greater healing that she has on her because he's fresh out of potions. And he's going to feed it to her using an action. <coughs> Fena regains consciousness with 20 HP. Oof, come on. And then he wants to use his second wind as a bonus action to heal himself up a bit. Alright, so that's a d10 plus your fighter level. That's a total of 15 healing. Okay, that brings him up to a total of 16 hit points then. Not too bad, considering we were all downed. It's now to one of the ghouls upstairs. And incidentally, it's now over to Fenna. By the hairs on your chinny chin chin, you might get out of this one, Mr. Shrew. Let's not celebrate quite yet. Fena is now in a predicament, seeing as though Caspus and Murkob both being felled and she's torn apart. Who should she save first? She is going to rummage again through her bag and take out a potion of superior healing. She's going to look between Murkob and Caspus and with a heavy heart she's going to walk up to Murkob and feed him the potion. So that's 8 d4 plus 8. Because you're using a full action, you'll reap the full benefits. Murukub is back to full health. Oh, oi, oi, mate. Oh, what, what happened? All right. But he's still lying prone. Yeah, only Caspers left. Speaking of which, it is his turn. And he's to give me a death saving throw. So there's the ghouls upstairs. They continue their slow shuffle down the corridor towards the stairs where they heard the rockers coming from. It's now it's a shrew, some distance above you. You're seeing Dazzling stuck in the chimney. Shrew, seeing this kerfuffle in front of him, is gonna, again, just climb up the chimney and try and push Norbus to push Dazzling to, so that they can all get out of here once and for all. Alright, give me athletics with disadvantage. Total of eight. It's not enough. You're pushing into Norbus that's sandwiched between you and Dazzling. And as you're trying to push against the stocky weight of this dwarf, you find yourself sort of starting to slip down ever so slightly. Oh no. You, you haven't got enough strength to push him up. Ugh. It's the weight of two rotund dwarves lodged right above you. This plan isn't going quite as I had envisioned it. <laughs> Let's just hope they haven't had anything particularly gassy for dinner. That's the least of our worries. So it's a dazzling who's stuck in this chimney. Okay, Dazzling is going to try his hardest to get free. Alright, I'm going to say he's going to stand on Norbus's shoulders. So he won't have to roll with disadvantage. But I am going to need an athletic saving throw as well from Norbus and True, As he's trying to push himself through here. So we're doing three athletics saves? Yeah. Checks? One check, two saves. Okay. Shrews will be with disadvantage because he's got the weight of the two dwarves above him. Okay, I'm going to roll all of them at once. So Norbus rolled a 4, Shrew rolled a 7, and Dazzling rolled a 9. So Dazzling starts 
pushing on Norbus's shoulders. He tries to push his way through. He's still lodged there, but from underneath him, he as Norbus and Shrew tumble down the chimney. Oh, jeez. Dazzling! You, you've both landed in a heap, prone at the bottom. Is it that hard to exit a, a chimney? It's a bit of a tight squeeze. I should have gone first myself. Hey, probably been a good idea. Can't you turn into something big and burst your way through? It's now it's an Orbus who's lying on top of Shu. <laughs> He's gonna get up using half his movement. Then he wants to dash up the chimney again to try and push Dazzling. He hasn't quite good enough movement to catch up to Dazzling on this turn. Just out of reach. So it's a Murkob who's lying prone downstairs in the throne room. Murkob is gonna stand up. Your friends are downstairs are hearing the shuffling of feet coming towards the stairwell. Not too far now. He's gonna dash for the exit. That action then takes him just beyond the second set of double doors. You know, for that small corridor, we had come face to face with one of the first ghouls as you peeked through the arrow slit towards the banshee. You hear this moan coming from beyond the flames of your, your wall of fire. And through the darting and dancing flames, you catch a glimpse of that ethereal being. Fuck. Staring towards you, lying on the floor of this chimney. But she just stands there, her face a horrifying visage, as she just screams and moans. Roll for fire damage, that's 5d8. She's stopped within 10 feet of your firewall. Oof. Let's see if I can kill her with this. That's a total of 23 damage. Alright, she wails out. And she takes 11 damage. Mm. Resistant to fire. So it's a Fabian. Fabian is gonna go and pick Caspus up. Alright, so Fabian picks up Caspus as best as he can. I mean, Caspus at this point pretty much bigger than he is. He's managed to sort of get him in a fireman's lift. He's got him over his shoulders. Okay, now he wants to use the rest of his movement to try and catch up to Murku. That takes him more or less into the middle of that corridor that's got the set of double doors on each end. So in terms of the ghouls upstairs, Fenner's hearing the shuffling get louder as it echoes through the stairwell just behind her. She turns to see one of these ghouls. She turns to see one of these ghouls stood atop it. It's used its movement to get there. But now seeing Fenner, it's going to use his action to dash. Now it's a Fenner and Caspers. Fenner is going to disengage from the ghoul that just got up to her. And she's going to make her way and follow Fabian. She just manages to get in through the door. I need to give me a death saving throw for Caspers. Upon Fabian's back, the already limp Caspers spasms, lets out a squeal and a deep breath. Moment passes and his weight seems to be getting heavier and heavier until it's so great that Fabian can't hold him anymore. He drops to his knees and surprised to see that Caspers is transforming before his very eyes to a great hulking beast of a badger the size of a brown bear. What the fuck? Is he gonna kill us now? Fuck. It would appear that in his death he's resurged with some sort of magical energy and come back a ferocious beast to protect his friend Fenner. So he died? Three fails. But is he like ethereal or? No, he's material. He's literally there. Confused. As you should be. That's the end of his turn. Oh, Caspers! These ghouls come down the stairs 
just within sight of the ghoul that had just been in front of Fenner. You see him raise ghastly arm towards the door. They use the reaction to dash. It's over to Shrew. Shrew who's lying on the floor of this chimney and through the dancing flames of his wall of fire is catching a glimpse of this banshee. Dazzle and Norbert stuck in the chimney above him. I'm just gonna try and ignore the banshee and climb up the chimney and try and get out of here. So you're dashing up? Yes. So once again you find yourself in the familiar position of being behind Norbus's bottom. Yep, a position I don't want to get too accustomed to. So it's a dazzling. This time he doesn't have Norbus's shoulders to stand on. Yeah, he's not going to push against us again. He's just going to try and uh, get out of the chimney. Alright then, give me a, an athletics check. 13. He feels he's almost there. He just can't quite get through to the other side. One good push, and he'll be popping out. So it's an Orbus. Norbus is going to try and push him to get him out. Alright, give me an athletics check then. 12. It's not enough. Are you to brace yourself? One more push will do it. The action now moves downstairs to Murkub. He's still rushing towards the portcullis. Murkub can't see any other ghouls behind them, right? No. He's unaware they're there. But he sees that Fen and Fabian are quite close to him. He catches a glimpse for the, the door that's a bit ajar. Having burst through it with, as he dashes, he can see that just beyond the door is Fabian and a rather enlarged-looking Caspers. Okay, perplexed slightly, he's going to carry on dashing towards the portcullis. His dash takes him through those double doors that True had opened for him. What seems an age ago now, just 30 feet in front of him, awaits the portcullis. Okay, he's turning around and just facing towards his companions and keeping the double doors open. True feels this chill coming from behind him in the chimney. As he turns to see, the banshees appeared in the chimney shaft, and she's looking up at them. The mouth open wide as she wails. She's about ten feet behind Shrew. Now it's a Fabian, who obviously can no longer carry Caspers. In fact, there's no need to carry Caspers. I take it he's dashing after Murkub? Yeah, yeah, he's continuing to dash. Although, does he see the goons? He can hear them, but just out of line of sight. Fanna can see them. He's going to continue his dash and catch up to Murkub. He gets right up to the double doors that Murkub's holding open. And with that, it's over to Fenner and Caspus. So, Caspus is a large creature right, right now, yeah? Yep. So can Fenner get on Caspus? Well, Fenner could get on Caspus before anyway. anyway, yeah. Okay, so she's going to get on Caspus. Would a Caspus have to disengage? Fenner would, from the ghoul that just came up to them, right? Yeah, Fenner would have to disengage. Okay. Fenner wants to disengage. And can she then mount Caspus? I'll say with a... With an acrobatics check. With advantage, because Caspers can see what she's trying to do. He's trying to help. That's a total of 19. Yeah, she gets on without any problem. She's disengaged. She's now sat on top of Caspers's back. And Caspers is going to use his turn to dash towards Fabian and Murkub. Caspers and Fenner now stand beside Fabian and before Murkub, holding the doors open. They haven't quite made it past the doorway, right? No, they're literally at the door. So now to the other two chasing ghouls. Two of the ghouls giving chase reach approximately halfway into the large central chamber, about 40 feet away from Shrew's shrubberies. Now it's a Shrew. Shrew, seeing the apparition behind him, the banshee, 
He's gonna try and ignore it as best he can. Get up as close as I can to Nobus. And that's as far as I can get because they're still blocking the, the way, obviously. So I want to turn around, look at the Banshee, and I want to cast Tidal Wave once more. All right. So she must make a dexterity saving throw. It's a total of 15, one five. Yeah, that just saves. That's 21, half to 11. And then halved again to five. <laughs> just to explain to our listeners, halves because she saved the saving throw. And then she's also resistant to bludgeoning damage. Hey, what's going down there, Shrew? Nothing. Get, get out. Get out now. You see him fiddling with the the necklace that he's wearing around his chest. Looks terrified seeing this banshee. It's now with a dazzling. Right, Norbus. <laughs> Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. With advantage as Norbus is helping him. Twelve. I'll say that because he was part way through. It's just enough. As he pops out into the mountainside. Oh, finally, that's one. It's now it's an Orbis. Norbus is going to try and follow. I'll give me a pull. Give me another athletics with advantage this time for Norbus. 17. The chimney seems to have been widened just enough with Dazzling popping through. <laughs> and between his pulling and Norbus's pushing, the second dwarf is now outside. And then there was one. Oh no. Face to face with a banshee. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's now back to the action downstairs in the Great Hall. It's over to Murkob. Murkob is gonna hold his turn. He wants to wait for his friends to make it to the portcullis. Then he wants to shut the doors behind him and try and lift the portcullis with his friends. The action momentarily shifts back upstairs as the banshee closes in on Shrew. Now alone in this chimney, she reaches out and touches him. Mm. It's a 19 to hit. <laughs> yeah, that hits. And without armor. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dazzling has my armor. Shrew takes a total of 15 necrotic damage <sighs> as he feels a chilling touch spread throughout his body. Damn it. So it's a Fabian. Fabian is going to rush past the door towards the portcullis. And there he's going to hold his turn. When everyone is ready to push the portcullis up, he will do so too. Now to the initial ghoul that had engaged with Fenner, he's going to start giving chase. He gets within 20 feet of Caspers and Fenner. And now it's over to Caspers and Fenner. Caspers and Fenner are going to go up to the portcullis and they're going to start trying to lift it up. And this now would trigger Murkob to close the doors, run towards the Pokalis and start lifting as well as Fabian. Give me an athletics check with advantage. That's a total of 21. There's all four of Shrew's shrubberies start pushing up. They can feel their back muscles tensing, their spine clicking, the sound of metal scraping on stone. It budges not even an inch. You're going to need to use the winches. Now to the other two ghouls that were giving chase. These two ghouls now use their dash action. They're just 10 feet away from Shrew Shrubberies. So now it's a Shrew who's engaged with the Spanji. So if I disengage, could I try and get out of the chimney? You can certainly try. I'm going to do that. I'm going to disengage and try and exit the chimney. As you get to the chimney, you realize that it's big enough for a little creature like you. All right, good. So now that I'm out there, 
I want to tell these guys, let's let's get to the bottom. Let, let's go to the entrance of Axum. And I want to try and find a way to get down from up here. So right now you're on this small outcrop that's overlooking the valley and the mountain below you. You're going to have to climb down. There's no path down there. Oh my. <laughs> and how high am I right now? It's a good 60 feet to the gate below you. Well, it appears there's more climbing to do. I have that potion you gave me. Climbing seems not a thing to to be worried about. Now speak for yourself, Dazlin. Yes, yes, speak for yourself. And if I have any movement left, I want to start climbing down the wall. You haven't got enough to start climbing. You've got enough to take you up to the edge. Okay, I'll get up to the edge then. So over to Dazlin and Norbus. They will start climbing down. All right, so Dazlin won't need to do a check with this potion. Give me an athletics check for Norbus. 17. Without any issues at all. He manages to find plenty of footholds and handholds. And he uses his movement to start descending towards Axom's gate. Can he use his dash to carry on descending? Alright, I say he can. He does that then. So both Dazzler and Norbus are about halfway down this cliff face now. Now to Murkub. The action moves downstairs to the room with the portcullis. As true shrubberies have been joined by two of the ghouls. Murkob turns around and strikes at one of the ghouls, the one on the right. Alright, roll to hit. 12 to hit. Just hit. Oof. That's a d6 plus a d4 for the wounding. I, w- I would like to say that Murkob raged before doing that. Okay. That's his last rage. That's a total of 5 damage. Gonna roll a constitution save for him. Ooh, he's failed it. Great. He's wounded. The action now goes back upstairs to that chimney in the Banshee. This horrific wail echoes throughout the mountains. Shrew turns to see this Banshee's head pop out from the chimney. She starts trying to leave, but these spectral, almost ethereal tethers seem to be binding her to the fortress. She doesn't seem like she can leave, and she pulls against them, trying to lunge herself towards Shrew, screaming and wailing. It's of no use. She seems bound to this forsaken fortress. The action now jumps back downstairs to Fabian. Fabian turns around as well and attacks the same ghoul that Murkub attacked. Alright, roll to hit. 22 to hit. That hits. That's a total of 9 damage. Just to remind our listeners, that's a plus 1 from the sword, but a minus d4, because he's little Fabian. Yep. Fabian's got a second attack. He's going to go at it again. 22 to hit. That hits. That's a total of nine damage. Oh, Fabian, baby. You've cut him down. All right. So now with the rest of his movement, he wants to turn around the last remaining ghoul and position himself behind him. It's now over to that ghoul that was initially giving chase. The one that first saw Fenner. He's finally caught up. He's right up on Fabian, who he sandwiches between the other ghoul. Giving him an advantage. They're going to try and bite into Fabian's neck. It's a 20 to hit. That hits. For a total of 10 damage. That brings Fabian down to 6 health. It's now over to Fenner and Caspus. Caspus is going to walk up to the ghoul that's in front of Fabian, next to Murkub. And he's going to try and attack it. What's he going with first? His claws or his bite? His bite. It would be with advantage as he's being flanked by Fabian. That's correct. 17 to hit. 
That hits. That's a total of nine damage on that one. Okay. And he's going to go with his claws next. All right, roll with advantage. 22 to hit. That hits. Total of 10 damage. He's looking rather worse for wear. It's over to Fenner. Fenner's going to try and finish off the ghoul that is looking rather weak, the one Caspus has just attacked. Okay. What you doing? She's going to cast a guiding bolt as a level one. 10 to hit. 10 does not hit. Oh, Fenner. Damn it. It's now to that very ghoul that Fenner tried to hit and finish off. He looks at his options and decides that Fabian looking the weaker and incidentally he's also flanked so he's going to try and bite him wow a natural one and a two yes (laughs) that misses (laughs) certainly does the action now goes back upstairs to shrew he starts moving towards the edge of the cliff to begin his descent having noticed that the banshee cannot leave this ancient dwarven hall his attention is drawn high above the rugged peaks of the Soul Mountains. As he stands beneath the vast expanse of a rapidly darkening sky, he sees this great winged beast, its enormous wings slicing through the air as the wind whispered secrets amongst its feathers. This creature's eyes, sharp and vigilant, seem to be scanning the world around him. Thunder clouds gather ominously, the shadows creating a pall over the land. Its tempestuous fury sends ripples throughout this creature's plumage. Its lightning crackles on the horizon, like an electric serpent coiling for the heavens. Suddenly he's enveloped in an electrifying current that seizes him and sends him into a terrifying freefall. Shrew is witnessing this majestic form plummeting from the heavens, spiraling through the turbulent winds like a silver meteor. The sword mountains seem to loom closer to it. The rocky crags and sheer cliffs grow more and more menacing. Amid the thunder's resounding drumbeat, this creature fights to regain control of his descent. With each powerful stroke of his massive wings, he battles to steer away from the jagged outcrops, but his strength wanes. The ground seems inevitable, but with a final desperate effort, manages to slow its fall, crashing into a rocky crevice, his impact sending a shower of pebbles and dust scattering, and he lays there, with his wings outstretched and trembling, his once majestic form marred by the painful evidence of the storm's cruel grip. And that's where we're going to call it a session. Damn you. What the hell is that? <laughs> what was that? A bird of some sorts. Well, it had feathers. Yeah, it wasn't a dragon. So sorry to leave you hanging in Axum for another week. But that seems a great place to end on a cliffhanger. The Banshee can't give chase from here. Well, she can certainly chase. <laughs> Fena, Fabian, Murkoban. Oh yes, that's why we're ending it here and not continuing for now. But if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about the episode, we have a little bonus bite-sized podcast on our Buy Me A Coffee page, which you can make your way over to by visiting www.i2td.com and following the links there. We usually have one after every episode. This week, however, we won't have a bonus one just yet because we're recording two episodes this week. And so at the conclusion of Axome, we'll be recording an extra special lengthier one, which will be up there for your enjoyment. Whilst you're on our Buy Me A Coffee page, you can also donate one-off items by purchasing them at a store. There's stuff like scrolls and potions and equipment. 
that one of donation will help the podcast, but it will also help our adventures, and it gives you an opportunity to be a part of the story we tell and shape the adventures we play. And if you cannot donate, then don't worry, you can still help us out by subscribing to our YouTube or rating us on your podcast player of choice, giving a review, telling your friends about us, spreading the word, and yelling at the top of your voice and the top of a mountain so that everyone hears of Into the Dungeon. So thank you very much for that. Every little help counts. And that leads us to the end of the episode club. The last one standing. Where we give you a password and you have to insert it in one of your comments where you can find us. And then we award the winner with the title of El Quiro Mas Brother. And this week's password is... Whale of a time. (laughs) Whale for the whale of the banshee, I imagine. The one that almost killed us all. Yeah. We're still not done with it, but I still all die, but that was a close call. And whale of a time, because we are here playing D&D and having a whale of a time. All right, so that's a password. Make sure you use it in a comment uh, anywhere you find us in Podcast Player of Choice, YouTube, Discord, X. That's where we normally are. So good luck and we'll see who wins and gets proclaimed El Quijo Mas Brother. So without further ado, we hope you join us next week as we delve into into the dungeon. dungeon. Dazzling got stuck up the chimney. He began to shout. <laughs> Naughty it. ghouls won't get any dwarves. If Shrew don't help me out. My yeah. bum is big. My <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember that one. <laughs> is it my... Oh, forget it. <laughs> yeah, she gets on without any problem. She's disengaged. She's now... I was going to say straddling, but... <laughs> poor choice of words. <laughs> Just to remind our listeners, that's a bit... Plus one from the sword, but a minus d4, because he's little Fabian. Yep. Not that he's using little Fabian as a sword.